This is the In Focus podcast from the Hindu. Hello and welcome to the In Focus podcast. I'm Jee Sampath, your host for today's episode. Recently, the Supreme Court heard a plea seeking compensation to the families of those who have died from COVID-19 or post-COVID complications. The petitioners, citing Section 12 of the Disaster Management Act 2005 and also 2015 notification, said that the centre should make ex gratia payment of about 4 lakh rupees to each of the victims' families. But the government has been reluctant to commit to any such compensation. In its response to the petition, it has said that given the magnitude of the COVID-19 death toll, which is nearly 4 lakhs as per official figures, this would mean paying rupees 4 lakhs to nearly 4 lakh families, which is apparently unfeasible. So what exactly is the legal scenario here? Is the government obliged under the law to pay compensation for COVID deaths? How credible are arguments that the state doesn't have the funds for payouts of this magnitude? And how realistic is the idea of setting up a special COVID compensation fund which has been mooted by the opposition? For more clarity on these questions, we have with us Dr. Abhay Shukla. Dr. Shukla has been working on public and community health issues for over 35 years. He is one of the national co-conveners of the Jan Swasti Abhiyan and has been a member of the National Human Rights Commission's Committee for Formulating Human Rights Responses to the COVID-19 Pandemic. Dr. Shukla, welcome to the InFocus podcast. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Shukla, uh, first of all, is the government legally obligated to pay compensation to victims of a disaster, which the COVID-19 pandemic uh, certainly is? And what does Section 12 of the Disaster Management Act have to say on this question? Yeah, so um, uh, thanks for inviting me to speak on this podcast. Um, and uh, I would first of all respond to your question that yes, uh, the governments are legally uh, required uh, to pay compensation in various kinds of disasters uh, uh, and historically uh, in various kinds of natural disasters because they lead to loss of life. They also lead to loss of uh, you know livelihoods. Uh, so uh, and a wide variety of uh, you know, kinds of damage. Uh, so usually uh, governments do pay compensation uh, to victims of a disaster, I mean, to the families of a victim of uh, a disaster. And the COVID-19 pandemic is obviously uh, a disaster and even by the uh, uh, government's own definition, since the government has been repeatedly using the uh, Disaster Management Act uh, in this situation, the COVID-19 pandemic does qualify as a disaster. Uh, coming to Section 12 of the Disaster Management Act, which is on the guidelines for uh, the minimum standards of relief. It lays down four kinds of forms of relief which governments uh, through the national authority, uh, the National Disaster Management Authority need to actually provide to people who are affected by the disaster. So it of course includes uh, various kinds of relief camps and all the different facilities and relief camps. It reads, uh, includes special provisions for widows and orphans and so on. But it also section three, uh, in the uh, Disaster Management Act, uh, Section 12, uh, it talks about ex gratia assistance on account of loss of life 
uh, and also uh, on account of damage uh, to uh, houses and livelihood, etc. So uh, in the COVID-19 situation, loss of life, of course, has been there on a large scale and families have been, uh, you know, devastated because of, and in many cases, there are more than one victims, even within a single family. So in these situations, obviously, uh, the DMA uh, Section 12 on standards of relief should be uh, held applicable and there should be ex gratia assistance to the families of people uh, who have uh, died of the uh, COVID epidemic. Okay. So you're saying that uh, there is strong, uh, there are strong grounds for ex gratia assistance to be given to families who have uh, suffered uh, deaths due to COVID-19. But uh, from where did the petitioners uh, in the Supreme Court uh, get this figure of rupees 4 lakhs? You know, ex gratia payment could be, you know, whatever figure. And the government is saying that this 4 lakh per family uh, which has suffered a loss uh, may be unfeasible given uh, fiscal constraint and so on. And what, what exactly does the 2015 notification which has been cited by the petitioners say? Does it specifically, is there a legal grounding for this 4 lakh uh, ex gratia figure? Yes. Uh, so actually, there are certain norms of assistance uh, from the either the state disaster response fund or the national Disaster Response Fund, uh, which are declared by the uh, central government from time to time. And uh, the norms of assistance, the current norms which are applicable, uh, which were issued in 2015 through a notification uh, for ex gratia payment uh, to families of deceased persons, it uh, mentions that rupees 4 lakh per deceased person uh, should be, uh, you know, treated as the norm. So with the demand uh, being made in the Supreme Court by the petitioners is absolutely logical because it is uh, it draws upon two legal notifications. Firstly, the central government, the National Disaster Management Authority, having declared the COVID-19 epidemic to be a disaster and utilizing the NDMA uh, uh, entire uh, guidelines uh, for dealing with this epidemic. And secondly, the norms of assistance, which mentioned that four lakh rupees should be given for the families of the deceased persons who are affected, who have died uh, during the disaster, in this case, the epidemic. So there is a strong case, I think, of uh, arguing that uh, families of COVID-19 uh, uh, deaths uh, should be given rupees 4 lakh as an ex gratia payment. So you had mentioned that the 2050 notification says uh, 4 lakh rupees uh, per deceased. So does that mean if a family has had more than uh, one person who has died due to COVID-19, then suppose if they have two, then they might be eligible for uh, 8 lakh uh, ex-gratia as compensation? Yes. Uh, I mean, logically, it says rupees 4 lakh per deceased person. So, if suppose uh, uh, the father and the mother both have died, obviously, the impact on the family is doubly uh, devastating. And uh, there may be some or orphans in the only remaining in the family. So, obviously, a higher amount is justified. And yeah, so it is 4 lakh per deceased person, even if there's more than one deceased person in the family. Okay. Okay. But the government uh, in the Supreme Court has uh, has sort of uh, invoked certain uh, distinctions. It says that unlike uh, floods or an earthquake, uh, which is like which strikes once and there is, uh, you know, you easily identified who have been affected and then you, you give them compensation and then it sort of it ends right there. But in the case of a pandemic, it's not a one-time disaster, but it goes on. We've had the first wave, second wave, and it's not like time limited. And, and therefore, it's not comparable to the kinds of disasters uh, that are, uh, you know, uh, traditionally 
considered under under the disaster management act so can the government legally make this distinction i mean after having widely especially invoked the dma for uh, managing its own pandemic response yeah uh, i mean that is a uh, an interesting question uh, but the answer is that if you see the definition of uh, a disaster in the dma section 2 defines a disaster as a catastrophe mishap calamity or grave occurrence in any area arising from either natural or man made causes and uh, which is at a scale uh, which the community cannot uh, you know uh, respond to its own response uh, you know mechanisms are overwhelmed so very clearly the covid 19 p- uh, pandemic has been this kind of a disaster and uh, there is no reason why a disaster should end after a very short period of time of course some <laughs> natural disasters are the actual event like a flood or an earthquake or a fire may last for a short time but the effects may last for a much longer time often for years so uh, in these kind of natural disasters the event is maybe over a short period of time but the impact is over a longer period of time uh, compared to that uh, in an epidemic or a pandemic uh, of course the uh, at least in this situation and this is the worst uh, pandemic to uh, affect the world and india in the last one century uh it may be extended over a certain period of time but as long as people are adversely affected by the disaster they require special assistance and as long as the central and state governments are applying the dma they are imposing lockdowns other kinds of restrictions and they are effectively saying that the disaster is still in force so as long as the central and state governments are applying dma uh to deal with the disaster it means the disaster is still continuing and if the disaster is still continuing uh, for various reasons in fact it means that the situation is even more serious <laughs> and there is even more of a reason to continue to provide relief to people in various forms including compensation so just because if this is a pandemic which is extended over some there is extended over some period of time it does not make the seriousness less in fact it makes the seriousness more and uh there is uh, no reason to withdraw support uh, just because uh, it is a more extended uh, kind of disaster uh, there there is a clear uh, logic uh, to uh, continuing to provide relief uh, as long as the disaster is significantly affecting people okay okay that's an interesting uh, distinction you have made dr shukla between event and impact and how when it comes to impact uh, the longer uh, uh persistence of an impact actually makes the case stronger for uh, disaster relief now the government uh, has also been uh, taking a sort of a strange uh, uh, line here saying that it's not as if you know uh, it does it's not keen to spend money for compensating covid victims but rather it would utilize the funds it has for other ways of disaster relief which are equally important such as for food uh, for medical care for uh, oxygen generation uh, plants for vaccination and for reviving the economy rather than just you know focus on a one time uh, compensation of 4 lakhs uh, to each of the families so is this uh, a reasonable uh, argument according to you actually this is a rather odd argument uh because it's uh like uh, posing one against the other and saying that because we are allocating funds for uh, other kinds of relief and uh, certain kinds of uh, inputs uh to uh, boost the economy therefore we don't have enough funds left for compensating people who have been 
drastically and you know fatally affected uh, it's i don't think that these two can be counterposed against each other uh, in any society uh, which has been hit by a, a disaster and in this case a pandemic uh, many people will be affected at some scale and some people will be affected at a catastrophic scale because a death has taken place so i'll give you a counter example suppose there's a a railway accident where 100 people are injured in a minor way and five people uh, are critically injured you know they're very seriously injured so we won't say that let's just give everybody first aid because we have to give you know first aid to everybody and we, that is uh, you know our focus we'll say okay 100 people should be given first aid but those five people must be given much more resources uh, because they are critically injured so those families who have lost a breadwinner or a responsible person from the family require additional support which has to be carved out and uh, you know they uh, they require more intensive kind of support and that cannot be counterposed to the generic uh, uh, broad based uh, you know relief which is uh, being provided both are necessary and both need to be combined and we the government will need to find the resources for this which i'll talk about and in fact the national human rights commission has in two specific cases asked the union home ministry to actually provide compensation to families who lost their breadwinners uh, because it's a catastrophic even for that family so for society as a whole of course all the points that you mentioned about uh, you know food uh, uh, oxygen and vaccination etc are very important no doubt but in addition uh, the covid victims uh who have suffered a catastrophic loss in their family um you know they need to be given compensation that amount needs to be carved out and if you look at the amounts which are involved so far of course about nearly 4 lakh people have died uh, let us say that this amount unfortunately does uh, increase a bit more and we have something like 5 lakh covid deaths and each family is given 4 lakhs per death the total amount will be something like 20000 crores and uh, this is just a 1% of the government stimulus package of 20 lakh crores which the government had declared last year so out of 20 lakh crores 20000 crores is 1% so should we counterpose the 1% to the 99% if we are already spending 20 lakh crores uh, why not also include this 1% in that larger amount and uh, that would be less than 1/6 of 1% of the country's gdp so the amount which is required for providing compensation uh, to covid death uh, uh, you know victims families is actually comparatively quite small compared to our economy but it's a question of priorities so i think both uh, are com- i mean you know important priorities we should not counterpose each, uh, each one to the other rather we need to do both and uh, providing the compensation to those who have been fatally affected uh, in the families of those where, where deaths have taken place and uh, you know carrying out other generic measures which are important also okay so you make you making a distinction between uh, the kind of a generic response which the government is making for everybody you know uh, who is affected and the kind of specific uh, uh, measures which which are which are required for families who have lost breadwinners you know who who have basically suffered in a catastrophic way uh, which is loss of life so of course uh, this is a very uh, strongly grounded uh, argument but at the same time the government uh, has has sort of said that if you go about trying to give uh, 4 lakhs to nearly 4 lakh uh, families we think we have, we have about 392000 odd uh, deaths uh, due to covid uh, officially as of today so that would uh, it could break that, that would practically exhaust the funds available with the various 
uh, state disaster relief funds, you know, and if there is another disaster, let us say a flood or earthquake a few months down the line, then uh, they wouldn't have money for that. So do you think this argument uh, is something we should consider? Appropriate? Is it appropriate? No, I again will repeat that it's a question of priorities. And, uh, you know, what we have seen is that actually there are resources even within our society uh, which can be tapped and which need to be tapped in these kind of exceptional situations. So in this, the time of this pandemic, we have seen that, of course, many individuals, families, even small businesses have been, you know, ruined and so on. Uh, there's been a huge negative impact. But certain large corporates have actually further increased their wealth during the period of the pandemic. And I think that as a society, we would agree that this period is a special situation. This is not the time to accumulate even more wealth by the super rich. This is the time for redistribution and solidarity. And so if the central government creates a COVID fund and uh, introduces a COVID rat, uh, the tax on the super rich, uh, that is one way in which actually a large amount of additional resources can be generated. So just to remind you, you know, in, the, in 2020, India added 55 new billionaires, uh, you know, to its already existing list. So there was one new billionaire every week in 2020. And, uh, you know, the, the richest person in India was earning a 90 crore rupees per hour during the period of the pandemic. And, uh, you know, I'm not going into the details of the names. We probably know some of these. Uh, we know about these uh, very rich corporates who have had a spectacular rise in their fortunes. And, uh, you know, um, uh, including, uh, you know, uh, Gautam Adani from, you know, Gujarat, who had his wealth doubling uh, in 2020. So if we say that the top 10 richest corporate heads in India, if we just look at their wealth, it's something like rupees 20 lakh crores. And if there's a 4% COVID tax, wealth tax, just on these top 10 corporates, it will generate something like 80,000 crores which is enough to pay not only the compensation, but it can practically double the country's national health budget. So, uh, you know, these kind of resources are available. If you look at the top 950 roughly super rich, uh, you know, corporates in this country, uh, their total, uh, you know, wealth uh, adds up to something like rupees 50 lakh crores. And if they are taxed at just 4%, it can yield 1% addition of the GDP, which would be enough to take care of not just uh, compensation, but also expanded healthcare, immunization, uh, and even you know food security for practically you know the entire poor population in the country. So resources are available, but it's a question of redistribution. If redistribution is carried out, then uh, you know uh, these kind of resources can be made available for not just compensation, but all the different requirements which have been uh, you know imposed on the country because of the uh, COVID pandemic. Okay, so that's a that's a very powerful uh, thought uh, you you have sort of brought out when you are saying that this is especially now is not the time to accumulate even more wealth, but it is a time to uh, redistribute. Uh, given that uh, there is so much of widespread devastation which has been caused by uh, by the COVID pandemic. Now, keeping the I mean, this is my last question uh, to you, Doctor Shukla, on this. Keeping the legal and the financial uh, arguments and issues to one side. Uh, is there uh, is there uh, an ethical case also, a social justice case also for a country like India, which has like seen growing inequality? Is there an ethical case for compensation to be paid to COVID victims, I mean, specifically 
covid victims who have died in circumstances of significant denial or, or lack of access of healthcare such as non availability of a hospital bed lack of uh, oxygen and so on uh yeah i think this is a deeper and more uh, and also very important point um we need to note that there have been actually health system failures uh across the country and in many states especially during the second wave where given the experience of the first wave actually government should have been much better prepared in terms of hospital beds oxygen supply and so on and a large proportion of deaths especially in the second wave might have been avoidable uh now this is a strong statement but uh i would uh, back it up with some figures now if you compare the case fatality rates from covid in a few major states which have been worst affected uh case fatality rates means out of 100 people who got covid how many actually died uh so that's a good indicator of you know how well they were cared for by and large uh how early they were detected how well they were uh, given treatment uh especially through public health facilities uh and if you see here that the case fatality rate as of uh, today for kerala is 0.44% means less less than half a percent per 100 uh, less than half a percent of uh, the covid patients died in karnataka and gujarat it is 1.22% in maharashtra it is 1.99% all these four states have comparable per capita sdps means per capita incomes are comparable uh roughly 2 to 2.5 lakhs Uh, per capita sdp all these four states so they are at a equal you know a comparable level of economic development but the case fatality rates from covid uh, in karnataka and gujarat are nearly three times higher than that of kerala and in maharashtra it is uh, more than four times higher so if you are living in uh, maharashtra and you get covid your chance of dying of covid is four times higher <laughs> than if you are a person in kerala who gets covid now this is obviously not something accidental there's no genetic difference uh, the virus is the same uh, the level of economic development of these states is the same why are there such major differences uh definitely uh, functionality of public health services overall preparedness of uh, health services availability of oxygen beds etc and early testing uh, early uh, you know detection of cases uh, you know bringing the person within the health system for treatment at early stage these have all had made, made a major difference so in this situation uh, coming back to the point of compensation <clears throat> we need to ask the question who is responsible for these existence <laughs> so if you make a quick calculation uh, for maharashtra out of the roughly 1 lakh uh, uh, 20000 deaths which have taken place nearly 90000 plus are in a sense excess they could have been avoidable uh, so um, uh and so we need to sort of uh, ask this question that many excess deaths have been taking place and then if we zoom down to the individual level we as the people's health movement have been documenting many cases of persons who died of covid because they could not get a bed in time or they could not get oxygen in time so both at the macro level and at the micro level we know that there have been large numbers of avoidable deaths and i think that this is a strong further argument that there you know uh people who died of covid should be given compensation by the system because it's the system which failed them in some form and uh, uh, although it's we don't we don't want to pin the fault on any one particular healthcare provider or one particular hospital but as a whole the system it did fail a large number of people in this country
And I'd also like to add that if we have a system of compensation, it will also help to detect many more deaths which have taken place due to COVID and have not perhaps been adequately registered. Many people have died at home within their villages, uh, in remote areas, and perhaps, uh, you know, uh, they, the system did not pick them up. So if they were tested before they died, uh, but they, you know, the deaths have not been registered, <coughs> such cases will also come forth uh, in uh, significant numbers. And probably we will find that there has also been significant amount of under-reporting of COVID deaths in many states. And we, from an epidemiological and public health point of view, we want to know actually how many people died so that we can better prepare for and better deal with this pandemic in the coming period. So that is also another justification for uh, you know, giving compensation. But of course, the main justification is that people have suffered catastrophic consequences of the pandemic. They have lost valuable members of their families. They have been probably pushed into very difficult situations because of this. And society needs to support them. This is a time for solidarity and redistribution where we need to take care, uh, especially of people who have suffered these kind of consequences of the pandemic. Right. So, yeah, so you've uh, nicely summed up even uh, further grounds for compensation where you're, you're sort of uh, talking about excess deaths on the one hand and avoidable deaths on the other. And finally, uh, the big likelihood that uh, there will be more accurate detection of uh, overall fatality with underreporting being a huge issue so far also coming into the picture. So for all these reasons, there is seems to be a strong uh, case, legal, uh, legal, financial and uh, moral reasons for the system, which has failed so many to sort of come back and do its job of at least delivering compensation to the families that have been affected catastrophically. Uh, Dr. Shukla, thank you so much for uh, sharing your comments and insights on this important case. Thank you. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.